Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. Welcome to episode 114 of Ride Around the Road. This week we're talking about a topic that's dear to my heart and it's about inspiring young women in business. And we talk a lot about creativity and we talk a lot about entrepreneurship. And it seems that these things are coming together uh, right now in the business world. Today I've got the beautiful Robin Wilson coming on and we're going to be talking about uh, the new skills that are required to survive uh, in the business world and where we can go to find out the information. Robin's uh, just got a book out or she's taken part in a book that is up right up there with the world leaders and I'm really excited to bring her on today. Um, I've worked with her for a very long time and she is one amazing lady full of, full of energy, full of vim, full of vigour and she's sharing that passion with young women to, to bring them up to scratch to help them survive in the 21st century with all the changes that are going on in, in business leadership so I'm excited to chat to her. Before we start then, I just want to talk to you about where I'm up to with my book publishing for authors implementation program uh, that I'm going through with the beautiful Paul Brody. As you know, he's sponsoring the um, podcast for the next few weeks and I'm learning all about uploading my books to Kindle Direct or KDP. Now, I had to go and actually look up what KDP stood for because I've heard it bandied around all the time. But I use draft to digital, but KDP for ebooks and for people who are uploading their first ebook, it seems to be the place to go. I went onto the Alliance um, of Indie Authors website just to check out what they're doing. And some of the people over there have got some great interviews about whether you go uh, with KDB to start or whether you go wide and what and what the top professionals are doing. What what those who are traditionally publishing or indie publishing or hybrid publishing, what they recommend. So that's really exciting and I'm, I'm learning a few things as I go along. So I learned how to set up a, a KDP Amazon account and Paul steps me through uh, in a way that I can understand because I can tell you I am not techno savvy. He talks about uh, the details of your book, your content, your pricing and it's really good because People like me don't have that kind of brain and Paul supplies templates. So when it comes to the HTML for your book description, for example, he supplies a template so you actually don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Next week I'll be doing marketing. Last week I did book blurbs. This week it's uploading my book to KDP. One of the things that he recommends is that you get someone to write the forward of your book who already has you know, quite a following and is someone who is well known. And that way you can piggyback on their success and their name and hopefully you can contribute something to their profile as well. Uh, Paul's course is something that I thoroughly recommend and especially if you need to take it right from writing your book to publishing your book and launching it and marketing. Uh, he's now published I think 12 books and, and it's well worth following through with Paul to find out or dig a little bit deeper on things like I guess... Uh, categories and keywords and all those kinds of things that you hear bandied about all the time but some of us like me just sort of their eyes glaze over and we're not quite sure what we're talking about. Uh, have a look at Paul's website it's www.brodyedu.com if you'd like to go on and have a look at Paul's website otherwise uh, the links are on my website www.writerontheroad.com god I love saying that 
the only other thing that's happening in my world at the moment is I've finally come clean with who I am and what I'm about. And I've rebranded or retwigged the podcast and my website a little bit to, uh, I guess, to showcase the freedom fighter that I am. Never having had a real job in my life, I've supported myself for the most part through my writing, uh, doing various gigs um, in one way or another. And it's interesting as I look back over the last 30 or 40 years that I've always managed not only to survive but to have a lot of adventures along the way. It's a lifestyle that I thoroughly recommend and I guess there's, there's an awful lot of us out there doing it now. And it seems to have become almost more acceptable. So people have gone from telling me, you know, Lynn, you've got to grow up one day and get a real job to, yeah, this actually might work. So if you're thinking of trying the pathless travel and you are a bit of a creative and you can string two words together and you are a bit of a writer, I strongly suggest that you have a go because if you can make a go of it in your writing life now, the, the world's your oyster and there's an awful lot out there that you can do. Uh, don't forget, I have our free writing guidelines that you can sign up for uh, on my website. Um, that's there for your offer. Also, uh, iTunes reviews, uh, we've got a few of those coming in now. That's really good. Otherwise, sit back and listen to Robin as she talks about how we can inspire young entrepreneurs to follow in our footsteps, or should I say young women entrepreneurs. I'm not quite sure what happens to the boys nowadays, but never mind, we'll catch up with them soon. Welcome to a very special episode of Writer on the Road. Uh, today we're travelling to Tasmania, which is an old uh, stomping ground of mine, which is absolutely beautiful. And I'm also stomping all over a beautiful old friend. I'd like to welcome Robin Wilson. How are you, Robin? Hi, Melinda. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure oh. to be here. Yeah, and I'm going to have Robin back again as well because she's got another book coming out on top of the book that we're talking about today. But the book we're talking about today is called Fit for Purpose, Leadership Number 3, 15 High-Performing Leaders Share Their Highest Value Thinking and Advice on Business Leadership. Uh, Robin, congratulations on being part of this amazing project. Thank you. It's very exciting and you know, I wasn't sure whether my piece was going to be picked up, but it has, and I'm on the roller coaster. Okay, well, first of all, can you share with our listeners what exactly this project is and why it's such a thrill to be part of it? Well, it's looking at new generation of leadership models and leaders. So we've moved away from the, the machine type um, leader particularly with the onset of new technology and artificial intelligence, we are now focusing on co-leading and also um, the human qualities, creativity, which is, you know, big in my life, as you know, and all those other qualities of leadership and also looking at health and wellness, mindset, uh, a whole range of things. So we know that, you know, it's, you know, to be a great leader, which is different from being a manager, that there are many, many factors. So the people in this book come from Australia, UK, Canada, and they all have a different um, expertise or focus. Yet when I read the book, and I agree with the other co-authors, we all have a similar purpose in mind, but of course we all bring our own you know, background experience uh, to the book. So gives you something or everybody something to look at 
uh, in leadership. And leadership is not about power. Le a leader can be a leader in community, in the family, in the home, as you know. It doesn't necessarily mean corporate or business. Um, so some of the factors there can be applied across the board. And yeah, it fascinates me. Leadership fascinates me. It's what I've been living and studying in, in my life personally and professionally. Yeah. Now, uh, this is a very, this is a special one, everyone, because Robin and I uh, started our journeys together back in Townsville and it ought to be 10 years ago now. It's, it's a long time ago. And we were both teachers at a local Catholic school up there. And we both had personal crises in our lives and we both very, very resilient and came out the other end. The interesting thing about this story is Robin is now one of Australia's uh, leading thought leaders and I'm interviewing her. And as usual, everybody, is, we've taken such different paths. Robin, again, congratulations on where you are at the moment. Oh, uh, but it took a big journey and you have invested an awful lot of time in personal development to get where you are, haven't you? Yes, I have. But I mentioned to you before the interview that I always had a vision right from being a very small child I had certain visions and goals and they never left me so even through jobs through marriages through life I didn't ever give up on those and when I was at the very bottom you know and I have been at the very bottom a few times that's when you climb your way back up and do everything you can do you know, to get out of those holes and you start learning, that's when you go through those major changes, that's when all those breakthroughs happen. And I've always been someone who's been a risk taker in, in my life. I've always been someone who's pushed the boundary, I've, you know, the, the square peg in the round hole, uh, haven't fitted in, uh, been a creative but a scientist. So I just, yeah, and look, it does make you bounce around a bit and you know physically emotionally and financially there have been struggles but they're the things that you learn from you don't learn if you don't go through some of those um, struggles and and people can choose to live a very comfortable you know uh, life but that's their choice and that hasn't been my choice because I know you know and I've still got goals I've, I'm coming to the end of, I'm, I'm coming to the end of a five-year cycle from when I left Townsville as you know, and then now it'll be the next five-year cycle for me and, and putting into practice and, and that. And it's, you don't ever get there. It's, it, it's evolution. Uh, once you get the idea that, you know, you're on a journey, it's the journey that is, is life. There is no end point. Well, there is, but, you know, we won't be here to know about it or not. Maybe, I don't know. But, yeah. So, yeah, I, I am a bit of a bleeding edge person which gets me into trouble sometimes but that's how I learn yeah and and it's really exciting everybody because as entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and business people ourselves there wouldn't be a day goes by that we don't say oh who am I kidding this is not going to work out I should go back and get a real job mm -hmm. but the truth of the matter is if you push through your boundaries, you, there are your opportunities to grow. Now, another word that I heard recently, Robin, that I didn't even know existed was edupreneur. 
So even as educationalists, we are taking new ways of learning and we are sharing them with the world. Now, I would suggest that you are at the forefront of that with what you're doing, uh, not only with your personal journey, but how you are now speaking at national conferences and before long, I should imagine, uh, international conferences about your journey as not just a thought leader, leader but as a woman in leadership and how things need to be done differently now because times are changing so rapidly. Look, that is so true. And I, look, I, I tend to, to see things sometimes too far ahead and I'm, I've, and I'm not, I'm not being smart about it or being, you know, you know, look at me, but I, this is where sometimes I've been too early, too far ahead, you know, and then there's the catching up. But I don't give up on that. And it's really wonderful, wonderful now that what's happening now is what I believed could and should be happening, you know, 10 years ago. And the, the, the thought leaders in the world that like, you know, Sir Ken Robinson with, you know, the creativity in schools and, and even Sir Richard Branson and, and those types of entrepreneurs and thought leaders at the top level, they are displaying the characteristics. And it's about having a bigger picture than yourself. And in studying leadership, and you know, I'm studying a master's of, of business leadership and, you know, I'm about two thirds of the way through. And then I will go on to do research as, a, you know, a doctorate or whatever, because that's been a lifetime goal of mine as well. And I realise all these things take time. Um, in the past, I didn't. I thought everything happened very quickly, but you know, it's all a part of learning. And patience has been a major, major challenge for me all my life. But yeah, so look, there is a bigger picture. And my, with what I'm doing, yes, I do it at this level. But my my big goal is to transform education globally. And as you say, whether it's in the education system, the health system, the business system, it doesn't matter because what I'm doing transfers across all those systems in terms of people being able to think for themselves, reason for themselves, have emotional intelligence, you know, and not be told by the system how they have to live and think. Yeah. Now, that's, that's a really biggie, and I, I understand the controversy that surrounds it uh, because systems do not like to change. Tinkering around the edges are... Uh, doesn't really make much difference. And the entrepreneurs who are succeeding are not paying any attention to the boundaries whatsoever. They are actually remaking uh, their worlds in their own terms. Now, that takes a lot of, I guess, resilience. Uh, but Robin, you have trained for this moment. You have spent years doing, doing your coaching training, tapping into... I guess your inner instincts and learning to trust them. Do you want to uh, share, I guess, share with our readers or sorry, share with our listeners why it's important to trust yourself because it's actually been trained out of us that we don't trust ourselves. Yes. And that's one of the aspects that I talk about in my chapter on being a business intelligent leader about trusting your instinct because we all have it and it's a matter of developing it. And we often get, it might be a flash during the night or an, something that just comes out very quickly and we go, wow, that's a great idea. But if we don't act on it immediately, possibly some other voice in our head 
which may not even be our own. It could be a, a past teacher, a partner, or someone will come out and say, oh, no, 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 that, that, can't, that, that can't work. That couldn't possibly work. So when you go through the processes, and I had to do this, you know, with a lot of the work I did on myself so that I could succeed as, a, as self, leading self, leading others, and then it goes to leading communities. But until you can lead yourself. So I might be jumping a bit, but the thing is about it all happens in our mind. And sometimes we get these amazing, amazing thoughts and I'm going to do this and everything seems great, but then we get the doubt creeping in. So when we go about removing all those things, then we can start moving forward with you know, our true direction. Those negative thoughts are what keeps people from changing. And sometimes it's not just them, it's their surroundings, partners, definitely corporates. And you know, Melinda, from working in education, I've had people put at, lead, at, lead, at managers, principals put their hands on my shoulder and say, you know, they want to keep you there. They want to dumb you, not dumb you down, but they, they're a machine and you're only allowed to do what you're allowed to do. And you know, as a creative thinker, how that can get us into a lot of trouble. And it did. <laughs> Uh, look, I'm laughing here, everybody, because as as teachers in classrooms, Robin and I both got into a bit of trouble. <laughs> we keep pushing the boundaries and knocking down the doors. And, and yes, we have had our fair share of, I guess, questioning because people don't want anything other than no. to be part of the pack. And, of course, as we bash down doors, we expose people to their own vulnerabilities, and that can be problematic. Oh. Um, look, it is such exciting times, and, and having you aboard now and, and sharing your ideas with, with my listeners is, is something that I feel very strongly about because times are changing, times are changing so quickly. And as online business people... We are at the forefront of that and we think we're running behind everybody else and everybody else is ahead of us. But no. truth be told, we're probably in the top few percent who are actually pushing those boundaries and we tend to forget that because, um, as I said, there are people out there doing it better, doing it more quickly, doing it more noisily, all those kinds of things. But every one of us is, is on that, I guess, that path to exciting times. And that's the thing about it, isn't it, Robin? What, what you're doing and what you're speaking about and when you're up there on that stage, you are at the forefront of very exciting times. Well, I knew that, Melinda, you know, there's been all the, the, the industrial revolution, the knowledge revolution where, you know, people were hired for their knowledge, you know, go to university, get the knowledge, you'll get hired. Then we've had the technological revolution and the AI, artificial intelligence. So that's why... You know, you've watched all that happen and, and governments were pumping money into building more bricks and mortar schools, you know, bricks and mortar. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> that's not the way it's going to go. It's going to go online. It's going to go, it's completely different, which is one of the reasons I stepped out of schools, bricks and mortar, went to Sydney and got involved with online education. And I was determined to work in universities and with one university in Townsville, I could have sat there for the rest of my days and I would never have got even probably an interview there. Um, so I knew I had to, you know, get myself down there. And I had a lot of vocational education experience and that was being starting to merge into universities and online courses. And I could see that happening. And I got myself a job in, in Australia's on, largest online learning institute as a compliance manager. 
And what got me in the door was my vet and skills experience. They specifically wanted someone with vet and skills experience to manage something, uh, a college they had, and I got the job. And then I went, Yahoo. So then after that, I went, okay, so this is adult learning, but I still want to get into university. So from then, I went as an academic services manager to a face-to-face -face blended. Uh, so I was in bricks and mortar, but and, and working with academics on a leadership team, working with student services. And I went, well, I've done it. I've done what I wanted to do. And with each little step, it gives you something to get you in the next door. You can't go, you can, it's like I think I've said to you before, you can't jump across the river. You've got to make a bridge. You've got to build a bridge and no one's going to do it for you. You have to put the stones in and every single thing you do gets you through that door. Melinda, I studied interior decoration online with Sydney through um, Commercial Arts Training College in 2010. I ended up working, working for them uh, and all the other colleges as the National Academic Services Manager in Sydney and writing courses nationally. And if I hadn't done that little course, it, it got me in the door. So people say, oh, how much is that costing you? And how long is that gonna take you? And will you ever get your money back? And I say, whatever you do on your personal and professional development will take you somewhere you have never, ever been before. Yeah. Now that's the biggest quote, everybody. You have to take the first step before you get to steps two, three, and four. Uh, now I've, I've had a few people, I think, um, I can't remember his first name was Nigel. And he gave me this wonderful, wonderful chat about, he went, he rode around Australia on his motorbike and he interviewed all uh, entrepreneurs. And it was basically that same thing. Uh, I think he called it the game of inches was the name of the book, everybody. And I'll reference it in the, in the show notes, but unless you make those very small incremental steps, it's not going to, to open up new pathways for you. And that appears to be, and we keep going on about education, everybody, but we're both teachers. It appears to be one of the biggest problems with the education system at the moment is that they are not deviating off that pathway. We're still, we're still working on that control model. Um, but unfortunately, our kids have all escaped the building. They, have, they are entrepreneurs already. They are already doing their own thing and they're paying lip service to schools. Uh, and it, it's a sad thing to see. Uh, as part of your speaking in this, um, in this big national event, you're addressing some of those issues. I think we talked about before the chat, you're addressing some of those issues about why we're seeing, I guess, the education system implode as kids go into meltdown. They're so frustrated. Yes, and I got involved with uh, national con congresses, international congresses called Edutech. When I was already in Townsville, I wrote and I won uh, a prize for two people to go down to this congress. I knew it was the way education was going. And uh, my principal, our principal at the time, flew down with us. And we also had our head of um, IT who goes every year. And I went, I know this is the way it's going, you know. And I got myself down there and it just blew my mind. And I did listen to Sir Ken Robinson and a whole range of, you know, other people. Um, you know, the fellow who started the maths online and he had no money, Khan. And uh, just, you know, different ways of classrooms. And you're in this... I'm just going, wow, to be sitting here amongst all these educators from all areas of education internationally who are all on board with this, 
Um, and then I've gone again while I've been in business and the same thing. So there are people out there doing it and I'm, you're right. You have to, it's called the education system and it is a system and often it's run by people with no educational um, coalface knowledge and it's a lot about band-aid fixing. So when I talk to people across the world that try and work with systems, I say their thinking is different to yours and ours. We are thinking differently. They will never accept your thinking. I say chunk higher. Go above them, around them, create something new. Don't try and change them because you never will. Um, and it will, it's a dinosaur. It was a dinosaur then and it's a dinosaur now. I hate to say it, but there are new models out there. There are new things happening out there across the world, but it's happening in other things like the world of sport. You know, there's all leadership development and education happening there. In, in, in all these other worlds where people are come from a business mind, they know they need education, they know they need all these leadership qualities, they're creating new educational models outside of our traditional education system. Yeah, and and look, I'm sitting here nodding my head. Um, business, um, yeah, building intelligence leadership oh. is, and business intelligence leadership, it's it's got to be, uh, I guess, we love this expression, way of the future, and it is is a cliche, um, but we need to encourage our, our young people and our young women going into business to be thinking all the time. And that's where creative leadership ha is really coming into its own, isn't it? I love working with millennials and I really get tired of people on LinkedIn and I have over 10,000 contacts on LinkedIn and I value out all the time. I love millennials. I love young entrepreneurs. You know, when I saw those first young entrepreneurs and I call them young entrepreneurs, that's my term, whether it's someone else's or not. Um, I've written about it. I saw them on stage at Edutech. My son's one of them, your daughter's of them. We all have them now. They think differently. They're, they're, they're not in that old model anymore. You know, we have to, you know, we learn from them as much as they learn from us. They're, they're savvy with tech. They're savvy with apps. You know, um, starting to train people at university now on how to create apps, the horse has already bolted, you know. We used to struggle with mobile phones in the classroom, Melinda, you know, put it away, put it away, put it away. Um, of course, now they're teaching aids. And that's with any new technology that comes in, it's like even the car, you know, what, oh, that's never going to work. You know, the plane, that's never going to work. But, you know, it is and it's part of it and change is the only constant and um, you get left behind. And, and keeping up to date and keeping fresh, and that's the great thing about being a teacher and always having worked with young people, you know, I don't care what it looks like on the outside, but, you know, we have that mindset of, of development, of growth, of change, and that growth mindset. Um, and these, these young people, they still need us. And, I mean, I, I do pro bono work all the time. You know, I'll, I'll be talking to people all the time in cafes and bars and I'll have a chat and what are you doing and I'm this, but where do you want to go? I want to be this. And I say, well, send me your resume. And I look at it, you know, and, um, you know, I'll help and encourage them and, and all that sort of thing. Let me look at your LinkedIn profile. So I think if we get out there and have those discussions, and they are sponges. You know, anybody that says they can't work with millennials, well, that's because they, you know, they probably can't work with a lot of other people as well. It's their inflexibility. Being flexible and being able to 
establish rapport and communicate with the other person. And this is what I develop with people about this advanced linguistics and being really conscious of, you know, you, you understand communication to a level that you can communicate with anybody, anywhere, anytime about anything because you need to listen, <laughs> listen and, 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 and listen from their point of view. And, and in, my, in my chapter, I say, you know, we have the old saying, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, you know, shut up and listen. I love it. I, I'm sitting here soaking this up, everybody. There's, I shared with my young story slingers an article recently from the New York Times, Robin, and it was about how this movement has grown around the gun issue and how these kids have taken yeah. it into their own hands and said, look, guys, we are not going to be told by you anymore. Mm. And very sleek um, machine. They organised those marches. Yep. They took over the social media. Uh, that young girl and the young guy who were the faces of it, then the little 11-year-old girl, these aren't kids who are lacking social skills, hiding in their bedrooms and right. getting depressed. These are kids who are taking control of their own worlds. And I think we're going to see more and more of that, which is, which I think is really exciting. And those young men and women are going to look to people like you, I think, and, and follow their new ways and trust in themselves. The problem, I see, as I see it, is we do have a layer of management who are used to doing the telling and not doing the listening. Look, we do, and that's all part of the uh, co-leading and everything. And when I was working at, you know, the, the very large online institute, I worked to develop creative think tanks and all sorts of things. And they, they let me do a whole lot of stuff. But again, it's, you know, get back in your box. That's not what you do. But the best organisations that are that are working really well are developing entrepreneurship they're developing entrepreneurship within so they still want you to work in their organization but they might have a day where okay today's a creative day everybody is free to go and do their own ideas and they have think tanks and that so they're they're developing the they're developing within because it's very expensive to hire people there's a lot of money that goes in in those high level recruiting processes and uh you know, you don't want people jumping from one place to another. So they say they're not, you know, young people won't stay for very long. But if you, and that may be so, but while you have them, if you can, you know, develop and, and mentor, you'll get so much back. But, you know, when your ideas are squashed all the time, no, that's not how we do it around here. This, that's not how we've always done it around here. That's not going to work. And those are the businesses that will go out of business. Um, so entrepreneurship is very big and yeah look I love millennials you know I've watched my son and he's sort of a little bit um, probably a bit older than that but he's been tinkering away with his dreams since he was 14 years old with garage band and and, and 10 years of of doing what he's done and studying and practice and you know he's got a couple of commercial releases left of field he but He's been picked up by Nike uh, on an Instagram ad and now is developing a library of original, you know, background music. And I encouraged him from a very young age. You know, Melinda, we grew up in that era where we were told what we had to do. We weren't allowed to follow our dreams. It's you will do this or you will do that. And that has been my struggle. And as, a, as an a academic advisor of students in vocational and uh, careers, 
I've always said to them, you have to, have to, have to follow your passion. You know, I understand your parents want you to do this, but if you don't, you, you know, you'll suffer and they will suffer. So it's not often the students and young people, it's the parents and, as you say, the establishment of what they think should happen, but it's, it's not their life. So... Yeah, I, I am just so excited to be hearing this, everybody. And we are going to geek out for a little bit now and probably go on longer than we should. But it's a conversation we all need to think about, I think. Um, I've got a daughter who's just started at UQ as um, in law. And we're not even sure that she's going to teach law because she wants to um, use it in her political plays that she'll be writing. And I'm really, I'm sure that's not a reason to do a law degree. <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter if you're on a journey and you're taking that step inch by inches, you don't know where it's going to lead. Um, you mentioned your son uh, with his Instagram. Now, I am blown away by young people managing their own careers at 14, 15 and 16 on Instagram or via Instagram, they are cultivating a following, they are creating their own image and they're selling it and they're doing it really well. We mm. hear so many stories now about youngpreneurs being successful. So they're moving outside the system and they're creating their own futures at a very young age. Um, that's got to be exciting. Yes, and, and what I... And I see a lot of them too, you know, because I'm across social media and commenting and adding value. And that's the thing, Melinda, I love that this is very important that you actually add value. Uh, and I challenge people to think even at a very high level. And I watch a lot of people follow, follow so-called leaders and they have tens of and, and, and they're just going, yes, great, excellent article. And I go, well, what value is that? Get in there you know, um, show, show, you know, the value you add and everything, you know, give something back. And, uh, but yeah, with, so I was getting to the point of saying collaboration is really good. And what I would like to see, and this is where I'm going, because one of my books that I've got was meant to be the next book after the one that's coming up was about um, the Young Entrepreneur's Guide to Success and, and giving them a lot of, you know, not about the techie stuff, not about the sales stuff. That's not my thing. They can teach me about that. But it's all about all those other qualities and, and, and how, you know, uh, Dale Carnegie, how, how to win friends and influence people. You know, you can read that book and, and it's even today, just all those basic things, Melinda. And I know when going for any job interview, when meeting anybody, within seven seconds or less, someone's made a decision about you. So you need to be so conscious about so many things. and making people aware of that and being conscious about it for young people that's what can help them because um they can be smart and they can be more flexible than these people in these organizations that are saying oh, i can't work with millennials well if they're the smart ones they can work with anybody and they can get anybody to work with them so yeah, yeah. but teaming up teaming up you know there's a uh, richard branson takes oh i don't know a group of entrepreneurs every year and there was a young girl who went over in last year's cohort, I think 27 of them or something go over every year and, you know, I'd love to do it. But she was a young girl from Sydney and I spoke to her mother about interviewing her because I want to run some interviews with young entrepreneurs. And um, she, you know, and she just blew them away over there with, you know, what she was doing and the reason how she had got into doing what she was doing. And she was setting up, and this is very clever, 
she she was an elite um you know athlete in terms of dance or something like that but she was setting up her future because she said i know i have a limited career in this you know it's an athletic thing i'm only going to have a career so i'm starting now to set up you know my my life career as an entrepreneur and it's a, it is it's it's thinking big picture yeah which which we didn't we probably didn't have because we were often told what to do i think you know yeah and this is look we could continue this study or oh, this conversation ad nauseum robin we we i would definitely get you back I've, I've made a lot of notes on your young entrepreneur's guide to success um and i'll share some of the things that i'm doing later this year and might get you up to to uh share your knowledges with my students um but for now i think what we need to focus on is you have this chapter in this book coming out the book everybody i'll put it in the show notes fit for purpose leadership um, 15 high-performing leaders sharing their highest value thinking and advice on business leadership. Now, we've heard it here from Robin today. The times they are changing, oh, no, sorry, they've already changed. It's too late. Um, the, the little baby horse has bolted and they're all out there running around, making their own lives and being very successful at it. Uh, now, I know you're speaking at a mental health conference. I know you, you talk about removing the fears and encouraging our kids to, to get out there and make their own way in, or make their own way in life. I'm convinced that some of the mental health problems that we are having with our young ones are because we are trying to harness them and they don't know what, they don't know what to do with that powerlessness. Uh, good luck with your speaking. I hope you come back and, and join me again. I'm going to end this conversation now, everybody, because I want to speak to Robin on a personal note and I can guarantee that she and I will come up with some more things to share with you as time goes by. So please watch this space. Uh, young, young entrepreneurs are going to take over the world and we want to make sure that that we're there to guide them and to to share our knowledges and experiences as they go forward. Good luck with your your speaking in the next few weeks, Robin. Thank you, Melinda, and it's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, there are just so so many uh, wonderful things and collaborations and partnerships. That's where I was getting to, and I know that's what you were thinking as well. So. Yeah, and added value, everybody. If we can't give back at, at our ages and we can't, I guess, enthuse some of our kids with our own passions and give them permission to follow their passions, then we're not the educators that we want to be. That's bye from Robin and I here at Rider on the Road.